Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see changed lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your spiritual journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Well, you know, I'm Andy Mon, I'm one of the pastors here, and, and just excited to be with you. You know, uh, this is an open week, and, uh, and what we mean by that is there's not a sermon series planned. Uh, this is just something that's, that's been on my heart, and, uh, and I, I want to share with you today uh, a little bit about what, uh, what God's put, put in my heart today. You know, I don't know about, about you, but I've been streaming more content than ever during coronavirus on my, on my, on my phone, on, on my laptop. And uh, there's sometimes this crazy thing will happen where I'll get multiple streams going on the computer or on my, on my phone all at the same time. And I got images and, and, and words coming, bombarding me from all over the place. Now, here's the really crazy thing. Sometimes that happens and I don't have any devices on. I, I, I'm not on the phone or I'm not on the laptop. There are just a lot of voices in my head. There, there, there's, there's competing streams going on at the same time. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Pastor Andy, I always knew you were a little out there. I, I always <laughs> knew you were a little crazy. Well, here's the deal. Let me, let me share this with you today. I believe that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're always having multiple voices in your head. And so I want to talk about those voices in your head today, because here's the deal. I really believe that the voice you choose to listen to determines how your life's going to come out. The, the voices in your head that you listen to, the, the voice that you choose will determine how your life comes out. So, th so this is so key. And now here, there, there are different kind of moments when, when uh, these voices uh, are most prevalent. Sometimes they come in the, in the quiet of life. But most often you hear them, I think, probably in the very difficult moments, in the, in the most turbulent times of life, or as Snoopy would say, when it was a dark and stormy night. Always saw that in the comics. You know, we all go through turbulent times, don't we? And, and, and when we go through those turbulent times, or storms as we sometimes call them, there, there are lots of things that go through our head. We want to know, where's God in this moment? It, it, have I done something wrong? Is there something I've done to deserve this? Is this ever going to end? Am I ever going to feel okay again? Some of you are going through storms right now. You're going through turbulent times, and you're not sure how it's all going to come out. You, you don't know. You're, you're not coping well right now. You just want to move to Timbuktu because you're so very tired, and you just want to get away from it all. Some of you have children who are, who are doing things to hurt themselves or others. They're making bad choices, and you're not sure how to help them. Some of you are in a room of black funk. This whole thing has just caused you, all the things that are going on around have just caused you to want to pull away from the world. Maybe someone close to you has hurt you in some way. You know, we all go through storms in life. And, and I want us to know that in those storms of life, there's always more than one voice coming into play. And the voice you choose to listen to determines how your life comes out. Turn with me to Mark chapter 6. I, I, I want to look at, at a, a time when, when the disciples are in a boat, they're in a storm, Jesus comes on the scene, and, and I really believe that these disciples are hearing a lot of voices in their head. They're, they're hearing more than one voice in their head. And I want us to take a look at this story. So Mark chapter 6, uh, you'll find them starting in verse 45. And uh, by the way, if you're watching us online today, uh, uh, if you're here in the room with me, you can use 
uh, the YouVersion app. Uh, they'll put that in the chat for you. And I want to tell you, you can, you, can, you can see the scripture in there. You can fill in the sermon notes and, and uh, learn about all things about the valley at one time. One of the greatest tools that we have out there. Our team done a great job putting it out. Hope you'll use it. So maybe you can follow along that way. And uh, here it is in verse 45. It says, Immediately... Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. So, so Jesus is on the shore. He's teaching the crowd. He makes the disciples get in the boat and he dismisses the crowd. It says, after leaving them, he went on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He, he saw the disciples straining at the oars. I mean, they were working hard. This Something's starting to, to go wrong. It says, because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and, and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, take courage. It is I. Don't, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the lows. Their hearts were hardened. As I look at that story, the disciples are like in this huge storm. The wind is against them. I mean, you probably in life have been in moments where you just feel like everything is against you. That's what's going on here. They're straining at the oars. They're trying to keep their head above water, but they're failing. They're, they're going backwards. It's not working out. What, what's fascinating about this whole thing is Jesus, it says, made them get into the boat. Jesus is at fault for this whole thing, right? He makes them get into the boat, sends them out into the water, knowing that a storm is coming up, and he sends them anyway. What's Jesus thinking? You know, the disciples get into a storm Followers of Jesus get into a storm precisely because they're obeying Jesus, what he asks them to do. I want us to understand that storms happen to Jesus' followers. Storms are going to happen to you and I. Those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ have begun to follow him, make him the leader of our life. Storms are going to happen in everybody's life, but they're going to happen in believers' life too. Now, you and I, in our sense of fairness, don't like that. We don't like the idea that if we're going to follow God, we're going to obey him, that storms are going to come into our life. There should be an insurance policy uh, against those who are followers of God. But, but we all know that, that storms are going to happen to those who are disobedient, for sure. We kind of expect that, but we don't expect that they're going to hap happen to those who are following Jesus Christ. Why in the world would that happen anyway? There's a there's story in the Old Testament, the true story about a guy named Job. Job's got it all going on, like is good, like he is wealthy, he is prosperous, he's well regarded at the city gates. I mean, he, he's, he's arrived. And on top of that, he's considered to be blameless. The scriptures say that he's blameless before God. That doesn't mean he's perfect, but it means he's up to date in his relationship with God. He's, he's tracking with God. And, and it says that Satan asked for a visit with God. We don't like this part of the story. Why, why would God meet with Satan? Why would he allow him into his presence? We may not fully understand, but, but God does. He has his reasons. And, and Satan says, the only reason Job is following you, the only reason that he's obeying you is, is because you give him whatever he needs. You blessed him beyond measure. 
take it all away and he'll curse you to your face. And so God gives permission to Satan to sift, to, to sift Job, to, 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 to take away those things that would create a, a real storm in his life. And it, and it happens. And I want us to understand this. As Job goes to the granddaddy of all storms, in anybody's life, as his family is taken away, his property, his, his, his privilege, his health. I want you to understand, lightning tends to strike the tallest trees in the forest. Did, did you know that? Like, it usually hits the tallest things first. And sometimes we think it's gonna, bad things are gonna happen, like, to the bad people. They're gonna happen to, the, to, the, to, the, to everybody else. But, but as a follower of Jesus Christ, I want you to know when you're following Jesus that that sometimes God is going to allow storms to come into your life because he wants to sift you. He wants to test you, not in a negative way, but in a good way to prove your faith. But that goes against our sense of fairness, doesn't it? I heard about a paratrooper who was taught four things before he was to jump. They said, hey, uh, be ready to jump. We'll, we'll tell you when. Don't go till we say to go. And then when you jump, count to 10, pull the ripcord. And if that doesn't open, pull the emergency ripcord. And by the way, fourth thing we want you to know is that there will be a truck waiting for you at the bottom when, you're, when you get down. And so the paratrooper goes up in the plane. He's about 10,000 feet, the perfect height to jump. And, and uh, it, they tell him it's time to go. Number one, he jumps out the plane. He counts to 10. He pulls his ripcord. Nothing. He pulls the emergency ripcord. Nothing. By now, the guy's really exasperated. And he just shouts out, and I'll bet the truck won't be waiting for me when I get down either. You know, sometimes that's the way life goes. And we, we have a sense of fairness about things, don't we? We think things ought to work a certain way. And the reality is if we follow God, everything ought to go well. But, but there are reasons that God has to allow storms in our life. And so you're following Jesus Christ. I want you to know that doesn't mean you're not a good follower of Jesus Christ. It may mean you've become the tallest tree in the forest. It may mean that you're standing out and, and Satan wants to sift you. And God is going to allow that because it's going to prove your faith. You're going to prove your love for him as you go through this. But you know what we often hear when we go through a storm? Just like the disciples, they're following Jesus. They're doing what he asks. They, they've given up their old life to follow him and to serve Jesus and become his followers and move in his footsteps. You would think all good's going to come, but, but God made him, Jesus made him get into the boat and go into the storm. And when that happens, I'm sure one of the voices, the voice you and I hear when stuff like that happens, the voice of lies says, this storm proves you're worthless. This storm proves you're worthless. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in this storm. You must have got it wrong. You must have messed up in some way. You are a capital L loser. That, that's where you're at. And, and, and that's what Satan wants you to, to think when you get into the storm. Satan's answer, his voice is a lie because no child deserves to be neglected or, or abused. No parent deserves to lose a child. No spouse ever deserves an unjust divorce or abuse. And on and on it goes. But, but the voice of lie says you're worthless you deserve what's happened. If you would have been more lovable, your spouse would have stayed. If you wouldn't have been so selfish, that wouldn't have happened. If you'd have been more attractive, you could have attracted a different kind of mate. If you were smarter, you wouldn't have run into that financial blunder. 
you wouldn't have run into these financial problems. But there's another voice, the voice of God. The voice of God says, this storm is to make you more like me. The truth is, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you become a co-heir with Christ. You, you become a child of God, and that comes with all the privileges and the honor and the blessing and the joy. You have great value. You, you are made in His image, and, and now you've been adopted as a child of God. And, and He is not content to leave you where you're at. You see, when you come to know Jesus Christ, you're in this world and you're living in a corrupted world and you've developed habits and, and you've been, been brought into the world and, and that sin from Adam and Eve have come to inhabit us and give us a bent towards sin and, and God wants to remove that from us. He wants to bring us to a new place. He wants to make us more like Him and He's willing to let you and I go through storms to experience that, to go to the place. You see, suffering is the one Suffering is the very thing that brings us to a place where we can grow and we can become more like him. And God cares more about our character than our comfort. Well, let me say it again. God cares more about our character than our comfort. And, and he will allow us, in fact, he will move us to get into the boat and go into the storm and, and allow us to be shaped by those experiences. See, God wants to work through the storms. There's a little kid's thing that says, uh, God's still working on me. I'm not yet what I ought to be. And, and, and God's not done working on you and me. It says we rejoice also, or we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, hope, or perseverance, character, and character, hope. You see, the reality is that, that if you want to have a hope in life, not a uncertain hope, but a no-so hope that God has for us, a no-so hope that all is going to be okay, that, that you're going to be able to deal with all of life, that you're going to have a future eternity in heaven. Like, like we can have that hope, but it's based on character, and character's forged in the storm. There's a story, guy, a story about a guy who was, uh, was crippled, and a true story, he was, he was hanging out, he, he went, and he saw this moth, this cocoon, and he wanted to see the moth emerge, so he brought the cocoon into his house, and he was watching it, and, and eventually a small hole developed at the end of that cocoon. And then it began to get a little bigger, and the moth began to crawl out, but it was struggling. It, he was, the moth was having all kind of difficulty getting out. It was trying to squeeze out, and it couldn't get. And so the, the, the guy who was crippled, felt such a compassion for this moth. He, 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 he didn't want it to struggle like he had to. And so he, he clipped the end. He, he, he made the opening bigger and the, and the moth came out. But when he did that, its wings lay limp. It wasn't able to move. It, his body was too heavy. You see, in the process of struggling through that cocoon, small, struggling through that, that, that small opening in the cocoon, it actually moved the body fluids from the, from the abdomen to the wings so that they would, they would fill out and, and be strengthened. And, and they, never, they never filled up because the struggle was gone. The reality is, you and I, if we want to fly in life, if, if we want to take flight, if we want our wings to fill, you and I are going to have to go through struggle. And we're going to be in the storm. Don't pray for an easier time in your life. Pray for more strength to go through whatever you're going through. I heard a Christian uh, heard the, the, said like this, uh, a Christian is like a tea bag. It's not any good until it's got in some hot water. 
And uh, I, we don't like that. Uh, but the reality is that God works in those moments. I, I'm amazed at, at someone who said he had lost both legs to an amputation. He said, I never would have chosen one of the trials I've gone through, but I wouldn't have missed them for the world. Now, I have to admit, I'm still working on, on, on having the attitude that, that this man had. He went through a struggle. He recognized that he was better as a result of it. Now, I don't often rejoice in my struggles. I don't often rejoice in those things that I go through. And, and, yet, and yet they're the very thing that shape me into what God wants me to be. Now let's go back to where the disciples were at in the storm for a minute. The reason the disciples were in the storm, I think, is in this part of the passage. It says, he climbed into the boat and, uh, with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the lows. Their hearts were hardened. You see, I think they were in the storm precisely because they had something to learn. They hadn't learned the lesson that God wanted them to, to get in the first place. Their hearts were hardened. Sometimes storms open us up to truth. Uh, here's the deal is they missed the whole lesson. What, what had happened right before there was the feeding of 5,000 and, and all that was just men. There was women and children. So, so this huge and they'd seen this huge miracle happen, yet they didn't understand what God had really done in that. And they need their hearts softened so they understand who Jesus really was. You know, the thing I've recognized about storms, it has a way of stripping away the bravado, stripping away the pretense, stripping away our self-confidence to the point where we can then be open to what God wants to teach us. And, and I think that's what's happening in this moment. God makes them get into the boat because they aren't understanding. They, he, he wants to bring them to a new place in their character and, and, in, and, and in their growth in becoming more like him, and so he puts them into the storm. Now, there's something else I want us to see about this whole thing. I think this is so key. Jesus sees our situations. I want you to know that Jesus sees our situations. In verse 48, it says, He saw the disciples straining at the oars. Like, he saw them. He knew where they were at. The, the, the scriptures are very clear. The disciples weren't out there alone. In Matthew chapter 14, it says Jesus was many stadia away. Well, each stadia was about 600 feet, so 600 yards, 600 feet. Yeah, a long way away, and he was many of those away. So he was a long way away, and yet he saw the disciples. Here's, uh, here's one of the voices you may hear when you're in the storm. I don't know what's uh, the, 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 the turbulent time maybe you're in right now, but if you're in that time, the voice of lies says God doesn't see you. God doesn't see you. The voice of God says, I'll never leave you. You see, there's two different voices in your head at all times. I'm sure those voices were in the heads of those disciples. What voice are you listening to today? You know, there's times when we know that God is right there with us, and there's other times when we don't sense God's presence at all. Like, it just seems like he's left us, like he, he's gone away. The, the writers uh, who, who uh, were in the first centuries talked about the dark night of a soul. And the dark night of the soul was when you, when, you, when you didn't sense God's presence, even though you had been faithful, even though you were walking with him and trusting in him, but you, but you couldn't sense his presence. I've been there. I, I've had some times where I felt that way. And I've said, God, where are you at? I don't, I don't feel your presence. Have you, have you abandoned me? And I just wonder today if that's how you feel. You, you wonder if God sees you. Does he know where you are at? Does he know what you're in? What situation you're facing? 
In the first storm, Jesus is in the boat with him, but there's another storm that's recorded where, where he's so far away. And, 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 and they struggled because they thought they were all alone. When I was a kid, we used to go to these festivals. We used to have community festivals. And they always had the rides there, you know. And you'd get on the ride, and they had this operator. I remember they'd pull the big thing down, and the ride would start. And then the, the guy would walk away. And, uh, yeah, he only went 10 feet or away or so. But it seemed like he, he went a long way away. And sometimes you'd think, I'm all alone on this thing. What happens if something goes wrong? Satan wants us to believe that we're all alone that we're all alone in a storm, that, that nobody's there to pull back the handle, nobody's there to, to protect us, to take care of us, to save us. And Jesus wants us to know, I'm with you. I'm with you in the boat. I, I'm, I'm there with you. I see you. You know, one time um, when Jesus, in one of these storms, was in the boat with them even, uh, the disciples said this. It says Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. It says the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? <laughs> and listen to Jesus' answers. He said, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Do you not trust that I see you? Do you not trust that I see what's happening? That, that, that I have you in my hands? That I'm protecting you even in this moment? One of my favorite passages in all the Old Testament is when is an incident with, with Hagar in Genesis chapter 16. Sarah mistreats her servant Hagar, and so Hagar takes her son and, and goes out into the desert. She quickly runs out of water, and her and her son are going to die of thirst, and she puts him under a bush. She can't bear to see her child die. And she's out there crying out to God, and God comes to her. He sees her where she's at, comes to her and takes care of her. And, and so Hagar gives God this name, a name that you and I need to see, need to hear. It says she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. I want you to know today that God sees you. He knows your troubles. He knows where you were at. He sent you into the storm and he knew what kind of storm it would be. He knew that his grace would be sufficient for you wherever you are. And this morning, if you're going through a storm, you've got two choices. You can listen to the voice of lies or you can listen to the voice of God. How your life turns out hangs in the balance. But I want to give you some great news. I want to give you some great news right now. The reality is, you will make it through the storm. You will make it through the storm. You know, sometimes we think that we're not, that we're not going to make it. And in the passage in Mark chapter 6, it says, when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out to him because all, they all saw him and were terrified. It says, immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage as I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. When he got in the boat with them, the wind dies down. The storm begins to abate. There's another part in John chapter 6 where it shares this, and I find it fascinating. It's another account of what's happening. If you go down to the bottom, it says, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The wind dies down. The disciples are safe, and immediately they get to where they are going you know what the voice of lies says when you're in the middle of your storm 
it seems like it's never going to end. And the voice of life says, this storm will never stop. This is what you're going to endure the rest of your life. This is where you're going to be. It will never relent. It will never get easier. God can't help you or he won't. You don't deserve it. You aren't worth helping. God, God really doesn't care about you. And Satan wants you to believe it's always going to be the way it is. I want you to know that if you, if you listen to that lie, you will spiral out of control. You will live anxious moments and anxiety. You, you will feel helpless and hopeless. But the voice of God says, the storm will only last until my purpose is accomplished in your life. I'm only going to let you have as much struggle as you need to reach the place that I want you. And I will give you grace to be, that, that will be sufficient for you in this struggle. Because I want you to have the character that will lead to the hope that I have for your life. I, I love what it says in 1 Peter. It says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. You know, I think the best I've ever heard it said is that the only way out is through. The only way out is through. So many of us, when we face crises that are difficult, when we go through storms that, that are just pounding us and pounding on the boat, we don't see a way out. You know what we want to do? We want to do what I have sometimes, even this week, thought, you know what, if I just moved to Timbuktu, if I just got away, if I just got out, of, if I just left, you ever thought that? Maybe that's what your answer is. I want you to know out that's not the way. It won't work. You see, the only way out is through. The only way out is through. You can either go through a job loss or you can grow through it. You can either go through divorce or you can grow through divorce. You can either go through a racial crisis or, or disunity. You can go through a coronavirus, a pandemic. You can go through these things or you can grow through it. And God has given you the grace and he's made you get into the boat. And, and sometimes we say, I don't want to get in the boat. He's put you in the boat for a reason. He wants you to grow. He wants you to become. So the question I have for you today is, what is God trying to teach you? Where does he want to take you? What is he doing this for? And what is he doing in your life? Because the only way out is through. So are you trying to escape? Or are you going to allow God to teach you so that he can soften your heart so he can bring you to the place and make you the kind of man or woman that he's created you to be the kind of follower of jesus he wants I, I hope that as you're in whatever storm you're in and maybe you're in a calm moment and maybe there's still voices that that compete in your head i hope you always choose the voice of god that you'll hear the voice of god you won't buy into the lie of the enemy because jesus christ wants you to hear his voice he has a hope for you he has an eternity for you and uh, there's blessings for your life if you'll trust in him. Well, I I'd like to pray for you. And uh, I I if you just bow your heads with me right now. Father, uh, I, I want to pray for that person who's here today who, who, who has never trusted in you. They've never let you in the boat. They, 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 they've never invited you in. They've never sought you in the storm. And so they've done this all alone and how 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 horrible that must be to be all alone and, and to do it on their own. And so, Father, I pray for that person today that they would receive you, that they would allow you to be the leader of their life, the God of the universe uh, allowed to be the one who walks beside them, who lifts them, who sustains them, who gives them the grace. And uh, 
So, Father, would, would, you, would you just open up their heart to say yes to your son, Jesus Christ, and what he did for them on the cross? Father, I, I pray for that person here today who just feels hopeless and helpless, who feels like there's no way out, like it's been going on too long, and there's no way they can deal with what they're dealing with, and it's making them anxious and fearful. Father, would you just strengthen them? Would you speak to them with your still strong voice? And would you let them know that they aren't worthless, but that you're going to use this to accomplish a purpose in their life, that your grace is sufficient for them, that you, that you haven't left them, but that, that you love them and that you walk beside them and that you see them right where they are at. And nothing is going to happen to them that you don't know, that you can't help, that you can't provide for. So Father, I just thank you that you speak these truths to us and uh, Lord, I pray for that person who's been in the storm a while. Would you just let the wind and the waves calm down? Would you bring them to the other side? Would you bring them out into a spacious place? Would you do that for all of us? And Lord, whether it's here, whether it's heaven, whatever it is, we trust in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected to all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend, because changed lives change lives.